This episode of the No Film School podcast is brought to you by Blackmagic Design. Blackmagic Design's DaVinci Resolve software combines professional offline and online editing, color correction, audio post-production, and now visual effects all in one software tool. The standard for high-end post-production, DaVinci Resolve is used for finishing more Hollywood feature films, episodic television programming, and TV commercials than any other software. It is also brought to you by the Roadcaster Pro Podcast Production Studio, the revolutionary new all-in-one podcasting solution from Rode Microphones. To get in the running to win a complete podcasting setup, including a Roadcaster Pro and all-new Rode PodMic, head to giveaway.roadcaster.com and list the eight features of the Roadcaster Pro in the same order as the Rode team. Hey, everybody. This is John Fusco, and I'm here with... I'm Eric Lures. And George Edelman. And uh, we've got a special treat for you today. It is a special report from Park City for Sundance 2019. Uh, I'm an old vet here at this point, and Eric is a second-year vet. Yeah. Does that make me a vet when you hit your second year? Yeah. I guess I have some familiarity, so I guess that does qualify me as having some advice to give. Well, you're also at the point where you could be moving into a sophomore slump. Do you know yeah, what I mean? exactly, exactly. So, I mean, I may have peaked in my rookie year. I've heard two-year veteran before. Yeah, right? okay, yeah. good. Then I will gladly take <laughs> that title. And George, uh, this is your first Sundance, and also kind of the first time anyone of our audience is hearing your voice. So why don't you go ahead and like tell us who you are? I'm George Edelman. I'm the senior editor at No Film School. Um, but this is the first time I've been on a No Film School podcast. Um I'm a rookie. I'm an old rookie. I've been in the G League for a long time. <laughs> um, That's a developmental league for those who don't follow <laughs> sports. We don't imagine that you do, so just providing some explanation. Yeah, I'm big on sports metaphors, which doesn't always work. But <laughs> I'm a first-time Sundance Film Festival goer. I've been writing about it a little bit on the site. Um I've worked in the entertainment industry my whole adult life, and I never came to Sundance. My my plan was always I was going to go to Sundance with a film, um, but I'm very happy to be at Sundance as press. That's second best or just as good. I know so many people out of L.A. who go to Sundance. like They just go. People in L.A. do that um, just to see the movies. So I was always like, no, I think I'll wait until I have like a legit reason. Well, not that that's not a legit reason. But I want to wait till I have a professional reason to be there. So it's cool to be here. It was cool to get my press badge. I only recently made the shift from being in the filmmaking world and production world to being in the media world. That's only like a two-year shift for me. So two or three years. But it's almost the best being here as press. Honestly, I think we get treated better than yeah, we, anyone. We're allowed to ch- select a certain amount of tickets in advance, you know, free of charge. Uh, also, there are P&I screenings for press and industry. So if you have a badge and you show up early enough and it's not so crazy popular and crowded, you can get into those as well. So I think we have a little bit more flexibility. I think tickets, single tickets cost about $27. And they, they sell out like that. They sell it re- very quick. I was with they a do. friend earlier today who uh, told me about how she was trying to get tickets to a film three years ago. So she just went on Craigslist to try and find someone who was selling tickets. This person still hits her up now every time she comes to Sundance, asking if she's at Sundance and is trying to sell her tickets for $100 a pop. 
So the scalping is real. Um, I didn't know there was scalping. I yeah. wouldn't be here right There'll now. Be a lot of, there will be a lot of people with signs that say, need tickets, or, you know, please, yep. if you have an extra ticket, please. I think they're hoping to get a free one by someone that just doesn't need it five yeah. minutes before showtime, but it's dicey. So it's, we're, we're really pampered. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's point. crazy. I noticed that, like, I mean, it makes sense. It's kind of for press in a way. Um, it makes a lot of sense, but it is really cool. And uh, I, I even was saying, I, I wrote on the site earlier today, it's easy to forget in the shit show of it all that this is about movies. But when I was sitting there watching a movie today, I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like, this is a great way to see a movie. You're with a lot of the crew. You're with some of the cast. You're with the director. They're excited to show it for maybe the first time or second time to an audience. Um, it hasn't been released. It's a very cool way to experience film going and a unique way. So I kind of feel like it shouldn't have taken me this long to get here. Yeah, I mean, it, there's something special about going to a film festival. You know, everyone is talking about film. Uh, everyone is relatable in that way. We all have our own projects that we're either suffering with or we're celebrating. And uh, Sundance is a real... Um, it's it's almost like it it's almost like the Academy Awards of film festivals I would say. It is. And and I feel like it's still possible now being my second time here to get festival FOMO from being here yeah. because there are so many storylines going on. And yeah. I believe that there was a protest today protesting the Michael Jackson mm-hmm. four-hour documentary. And there are all these Wait, things. Wait, there's a Michael Jackson documentary? Mm-hmm. See, there's yeah. so many four things that, I, yeah. that you don't even know. Like, even having gone through and selected the tickets and gone through the program and studied it and created our schedules – I can still hear about something and be like, what? Yeah. Where's that? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you'll want to be there for each and every single thing, but you can't. But you'll be maybe following along on Twitter and being like, oh, my God, wait, this is going on? This is the talk of Sundance? I'm at doing this entirely other path right. um, and finding my way. And it's because of where it lands sort of in the arc of the festival season. It is like the first major festival. So you really haven't heard about a lot of these movies that are going to be there. And a lot of it is guesswork as to which one is actually going to be the one that sort of stands out among the rest and as members of the press you don't really find that out until two or three days in uh this is only our first day here we're actually doing this special report as a part of a two-part series i suppose um this one coming out monday uh you know at the beginning when we don't really have any sort of idea about what the festival is going to be like and then we'll do one later in the week where we do a recap of what did succeed uh what the big movies have been we have seen a few, yeah. uh, you know, and talking about Festival FOMO, I was watching this screener and I started really regretting the fact that I wasn't able to sit in a theater with an audience and hear everybody laugh and hear everybody cry and just be like a part of a greater uh, thing and maybe see the special uh, guest of honor at the end during a Q&A. For me this morning, that was one of the cool things was like everybody laughing at the, at the lines that were like the joke, like it, it's just a cool, you know, theatrical experience and a unique one. I actually remember attending a festival as a filmmaker and being annoyed at the venue and at the way the projector was and all these things. And even though that was of lower rung, lower tier, um, when I was talking to one of the filmmakers after the film I saw today, I was really curious if he had like similar sort of like frustrations because you, you know, as a filmmaker, you want the very best possible. And this was a movie that really needed, it was, it was a really crisp, perfectly executed, um, technically movie. 
and I was really curious if somewhere he was and he was like, yeah. And so, and the PR people were like, yeah, we, it's hard to accept that it's like the venues, even at Sundance aren't quite perfectly attuned. So it's still got that festival feeling, you know, it's not like you're in the arc light or whatever the New York equivalent yeah. or, you know, and some of the theaters are kind of makeshift theaters. Yeah. You know, there's some in the library center in the library, one in a recreational hall. I think there's one also in a synagogue or what? I have not been to no? that one. Okay. Last year I went to one that I believe was of the Judy Judaism religion and I believe it was the synagogue, but I like we weren't actually watching a film in the synagogue, but there was a recreational center area as well. And that's where we watched the film. So they can kind of take over a lot of spots in the Park City. Yeah, I immediately thought after this movie that I have to go see this when it's out in the best theaters it's going to be in because it was great seeing it this way, but it was clear. It was like, this is not exactly how it was meant to be. So what movies have you seen so far? I saw Apollo 11. Is that the movie you were talking about? That's the one I'm talking about. It's just a... um, it's a, It's got never-before-seen footage of the Apollo 11 mission, which when I read about it in the press kit, I was like, okay, yeah, but like how, what, what is this really going to be like? We've seen a lot of this footage, but it's so perfectly restored and blown up and they added sound that didn't exist. They found all these soundtracks. It's just an unreal experience. It was, uh, it was a time machine more than a movie, honestly. Um, very cool. Very verite style um, for something that, comes from the past like that it was very unique but very cool experience but i got to see it in imax it's probably a good companion piece to first man right it sort of is yeah it's the timing is weird i that's not it's not the goal it was not their intent i don't think but um yeah it is and what's fascinating is that in a movie like first man because it's fiction you have to create the gravity and the drama the realness and in this they don't the realness is there, but what they do instead is they get to create humor because any time one of the astronauts made a joke or anything kind of human or weird or silly happens, it's like a roar of laughter because the seriousness of the moon landing is present the whole time. Uh, in First Man, I feel like they had to like convince you that it was a legit, you know, that this is what happened. So that was that was just an f- interesting uh, comparison between the two. But um, yeah, I think it will be that'll be where people go because that was last year. This will be this mm. year. How about you, Eric? Have you seen anything yet? Yeah, I've seen um, one I highly recommend is called Premature by a director named Rashad Ernesto Green. I believe this is his second feature. Uh, his first was uh, Gun Hill Road, which was about seven years ago. Since then, he's directed a lot of television, including Supernatural, that TV show on the CW, I believe, or it was. I think it's still going on. Um, and it's about a young girl living in Harlem who's about to go away to college but it's the summer in New York City. She meets a boy. Uh, things happen. She gets pregnant. She's unsure of what to do. And it's kind of a slice of life New York indie shot on 16 millimeter. Uh, it was actually shot in September. They shot the entire feature from September 4th through the 27th. So three and a half weeks they shot this feature and they made it into Sundance two months later. Um, but it's very well acted and very heartfelt. Raising Victor Vargas is a film that they draw a lot of similarities to and they cite as a reference. Um, Another one is Light from Light, which is in the next section from a director, Paul Harrell. That's about a woman who may or may not be able to speak to spirits. Uh, She had some signs that she could when she was younger, and now she kind of moonlights on the side as a 
uh, medium, I guess you could say. Uh, but it's never clear if she can really do this or not, or if that's really even real. She gets hire- hired by a widower, played by Jim Gaffigan, uh, whose wife died in a plane crash, and he's starting to experience some disturbances in his home. That may be his deceased wife. Uh, so he hires her. And it's very moving. It's a very religious film, cathartic film as well. Um, and on the opposite end of that spectrum, I also saw a documentary called Hell Satan, uh, which is about the Satanic Temple, TST. And that was, it's very funny. And it's actually, they don't believe in a Satan figure. It's more about the separation of church and state, religious pluralism, uh, pro science. Imagine that, pro women's rights and things like that. It's like a counterculture to a lot of the Christianity that, uh, it's a stronghold on America, if you will. And the mentioning special guests, the leader of the Satanic Temple was in attendance as well. Uh, so he came up for the Q&A afterwards as well. So that was pretty cool. Just for, for your listeners' benefit, we've been here for less than 24 hours. And we like you've seen three films already. Two were in New York, to two be fair. York. So I watched them <laughs> about like two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but yes. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I've seen four movies um, already, which is kind of crazy. Uh but I'll, I'll I'll single out two that I've seen in Park City proper. The first one is a documentary called Ask Dr. Ruth, um, which I watched last night on the couch and uh, after, you know, a full day of travel. And How's the projectionist on the couch? Oh, it's <laughs> lovely. We thought he needed his own personal space to yeah, watch a Dr. I did Ruth have, doc. So I did we're have like, my own you know, let you space. do your thing. If you don't know, Dr. Ruth is a sex doctor. Um, so it was a, it was a good idea that you guys were out of the room because I needed to brush. Yeah, up I could on hear some. you laughing quite a bit. Oh, I yeah. was I was dying. It yeah. was it's funny. It's tragic. This woman has lived the most incredible life, uh, full of so much adversity and so much tragedy and so just so full. Uh, you I'm, haven't stopped talking. About I haven't it. stopped it talking about it. Really I was good. telling I was telling a friend about it earlier today, and I was just like, just the fact that this woman has gone through so much adversity and is so optimistic and is so accomplished uh, and exists, um, I sh- doesn't like. It makes me feel like I shouldn't be sad about anything ever. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I'm not going to tell tell you too much about her life because I don't really want to ruin it for you. I want you to see it yourself. Um, you be- ruined it for me and Eric. Right? I know I did. <laughs> I know, but you know, I'm sure it's more than it. that. You know, it yeah. sounds like she lived a very has lived a very full life. She's still alive. It's very entertaining, and it and yeah, she's still alive. She's 90 years old, which is why I, I was upset that I didn't go to the screening because I was like, oh, maybe she would have been there. You um, could run into her on the shuttle. I'm Never hoping I do. Yeah. I don't think amazing. it's once She's you see this movie. She's probably going to be at the parties tonight. <laughs> she probably is. Yeah. She is just moving. All Hulu swag that Dr. Ruth is wearing. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be out on Hulu uh, soon, hopefully. Hulu is making a killing in these documentaries lately. What are the other ones they have? I mean, they have Minding the Gap. They picked that up here last year. Uh, uh, crime and Punishment. Crime and Punishment. Uh, I mean, more recently, the Firefest documentary. Right. Um, which they released a day before Netflix's Firefest documentary. Right. Um, which was genius on their part because I think, personally, I think it's a better documentary. I watched watch both. Um, but yeah. Anyways. So they're carving out their own space, really. Yeah. To compare to it makes the Netflix sense. acquisition. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then earlier today, I saw one of my most anticipated movies, uh, which was Honey Boy, um, which is Shia LaBeouf. Is it LaBeouf or LaBeouf? I think it could be either or. LaBeouf. LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf's uh, screenwriting debut. Uh, it is... Uh, God damn. 
How do I how do I describe this? Is it a biopic or it's essentially a biopic. Um, it's essentially a movie that he wrote about his own life um, while he was in rehab, uh, dealing with a lot of anger issues, uh, some PTSD issues, uh, and some alcoholism issues. Uh, it takes place over sort of two spans of time. Uh, the first, we see a young Shia LaBeouf, played by Noah Jupe, uh, and in that timeline, Shia LaBeouf is playing his own father, uh, abusing himself. So it's it's a very it's very interesting to watch. And I know interesting is not a great word, but it's unlike really anything I've ever seen before. And then in the second world, it's contemporary, uh, modern day Shia LaBeouf. But Shia LaBeouf is being played by Lucas Hedges, who really embodies Shia LaBeouf very well. Um, and it's got some great performances. It's uh, funny. It's sad. It's self-indulgent. <laughs> it's really uh, a trip. It's a it's a wacky movie. Is it like a backdoor Transformers reboot? So, funny. Funnily enough, the the uh, movie opens with basically a Transformers esque scene where it's Lucas Hedges strapped to a. A harness of some kind you see an explosion happen and then him like pull away like blow he's blown away and then like they have to reset and it's just like live uh real time him getting reeled back in on this harness so they just can go again um it's really it's really it's well done it's directed by alma harrell uh who is making her feature narrative debut yeah i know variety had reported that it got a standing ovation after the screening which maybe kind of typical here i don't know if that is typical yeah i mean it was the world premiere so i think it's expected and it's such a deeply personal film that it's hard not to uh commend shia for what he's done um yeah so it got it got like i'd say half the room was standing um were you standing i was not standing i don't i don't like i don't really like standing ovations i don't know why it's definitely mob mentality there's a lot of peer pressure yeah it, it is too much peer pressure especially after a movie because it's like i don't think i've really ever seen a movie aside from dr ruth when i gave it a standing ovation last night by <laughs> yeah, myself i was wondering what you were doing there <laughs> where i've been like oh i need to stand up and like really yeah. applaud and let's be honest a lot of those people standing are trying to exit yeah they are yeah they're they exiting, are, they are. You know? interesting so uh yeah but i mean it was it was very good it was a very good film but as we're talking about sort of our most anticipated films we came out with an article uh a couple days ago noting what some of our most anticipated films were uh do you want to go around and talk a little bit about those yeah mine one of mine was apollo 11 and it it lived up to my expectation i just love i like old movies i like old things like do you, old, do you like old women talking about sex in movies <laughs> because we have a film well i've heard about a movie that has that in it so i like i love the um Capturing another time, the sound, the methods of recording things, and the movie, even if you don't care about the moon landing, honestly, just watching the people watching it is fascinating because it's crisp looking and it's 1969 as though it's right in front of you. It's just a really... So it lived up to my expectations. My other ones were Hala, I'm seeing tomorrow, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, She's a blacklist screenwriting winner and it was based on a short and it's a sort of unique filmmaker perspective 
and uh, you know, first time filmmaker. There's a lot of things there that I'm excited about getting a unique voice. Um, and then what was my other? The Wu Tang of Mikes oh, yeah. and Men, based on the classic novel. Wu Tang of Mikes and Men. I mean, I don't. I you know, that's that's some of the music that. I grew up around loving, you know, when my youth in Staten Island. Just kidding. <laughs> but I, uh, but yeah, I just, I'm looking forward to seeing it. And that's not till the end of the festival for me. And I think they already have, we might, I might get to do some press with them later, but I think they already have all their distribution and stuff all set up. So it's not going to be the same as some of these others. And actually, since I got here, there's some others now that I'm really excited about seeing in the meantime. So you know, things just happen and surprise you. Well, yeah, let's we'll save that for the yeah. uh, the next one, and we'll see if those ones are worthy. Lived up to, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, speaking about movies that we aren't really getting interviews for, it seems like that's been a trend as of this festival. Um, a lot of movies are coming with distributors already, or a lot of the movies that we're most interested in. For example, my two, three most anticipated films, uh, Honey Boy, which I just talked about, The Death of Dick Long, which is something that Liz talked about earlier this year. She talked about The Death of Dick Long? Stealing my thunder again. Oh, my God. She said it was her most anticipated movie of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness gracious. I guess that's correct. I forgot about that. Are you going to see that tomorrow night? I'm seeing it tomorrow night. Uh, Again, the world premiere, which is pretty cool. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Daniels, as I think some of you know. this is just half of the Daniels uh, group. Daniels directed Swiss Army Man, uh, and they were on the podcast last year with us at South by Southwest, which was a treat. Um, this is Daniel Scheinhart only, solo, uh, and he also plays a role in the film, which I didn't know. He plays Dick Long uh, off a dare from his uh, screenwriter, Billy Chu, and the film is about a hillbilly rock band uh, who has to cover up the death of one of their band members. And, I mean, I'm just stoked because I think Daniel Scheinert is one of the funniest people alive. So I'm really excited to see what they do. Very inventive person, too. Um, and then my next film, Wounds, is a movie from Babak Anvari, who uh, is the director of a movie called Under the Shadows, which is a terrifying movie. This is another movie in the Midnight section this year, uh, but he's kind of taken production up a couple notches. He's got Army Hammer and Dakota Johnson in his cast. Uh, his previous film, Under the Shadow, was an Iranian-language horror film. And Wounds is about a uh, bartender who picks up a phone left behind at his bar and has to deal with some disturbing consequences. Oh, boy, I've left my phone at a bar once. <laughs> Actually, no, I didn't. It was a credit card, and I—I oh. I was just and, once. And you know how they say like they'll charge you. $25? How did you? How did you? <laughs> how did you mistake the phone for the credit card? I—I I, I was so involved in your description of the plot that I just oh, let, yeah. let me agree with it. It was a stunning <laughs> description. Thank you. I was like, let me just go along with it. Then I realized, no, wait, it was a credit card, not a phone. <laughs> Um, Anyways, Eric, what are you uh, most excited for? Yeah, two of mine. Uh, one is a doc called The Brink by director Allison Clayman, who has made a bunch of other – one about Ai Weiwei and one called um, Take Your Pills, which was about uh, addiction to Adderall. Uh, that was on Netflix last year and premiered at South by Southwest. This one is a kind of fly-on-the-wall documentary about the ultra-right-wing thought leader, if you will, Steve Bannon. Uh, I'm kind of interested because Earl Morris, the documentarian, had made American Dharma, which was a film about 
uh, Steve Bannon as well that came out and premiered, I think, at Toronto last year. So this one, I believe, is a little bit more fly on the wall. And regardless of, uh, you know, which party lines you fall on, I think it's probably going to be a fascinating watch. And the other one, as we're here at Sundance, people are binging on Netflix this Ted Bundy tapes, which is, I think, like a six-hour documentary by director Joe Berlinger about Ted Bundy, and people are eating that up. And actually, Joe Berlinger also made a narrative feature about Ted Bundy that's premiering here. So it's the 30th anniversary, I believe, this month of his execution. So I guess we should celebrate. Uh, Doesn't Zac Efron play Zac him? Efron plays Ted Bundy. It's called Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Uh, and it's in the premiere section. And Zac Efron plays the notorious uh, serial killer, if you will. And it's going to, I guess, be a companion piece to the Netflix series that is the documentary side. It's cool to see a director doing both the doc and the narrative um, and it has, yeah, Zac Efron is definitely its buzziest uh, what's, tribute. What's the scarier role here? Is it Zac Efron as Ted Bundy, or is it Shia LaBeouf as his, as his own abusive father? I think that probably requires more work. You know, I think any of these movies, and any of these movies, I'm putting them in a genre, where, like, they're based on famous serial killers, like there were some Jeffrey Dahmer ones. And, or, I mean, I guess Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, sort of. Will be about that with Charles Manson yeah. as well. You know, like, I feel like it's always very foreshadowy, you know? Like, there's something off about the character from the beginning. The <laughs> eye's a little too evil or Well, something. we know he's going to kill people. He's... We know that, yeah. <laughs> and the movie seems to know it, too, so why not just tell you that am up I, front? Am I correct that both Shia and Zac Efron are Disney Channel? Yes, they both are. Yeah, they are. So there's clearly a strategy at work there, which is like, let's take a charming Disney alum. I mean, it's I don't think against he, type. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you could ever mistaken Ted Bundy for a Disney Channel star. I would uh, see Shia LaBeouf as Ted Bundy. Bundy. That I feel like would make more sense. So I kind of like that Zac Efron's really getting out of his comfort zone because, um, outside of what is he High School Musical, I guess was his biggest claim to fame. But he's made some other movies, that, uh, you know. I don't uh, really know he what made else that movie with in. Robert De Niro. Uh, oh, oh the Dirty Grandpa! Grandpa. <laughs> Damn, yes. and Baywatch, yeah. Baywatch, Baywatch remake. Yeah, he, he was good in something. Not that it, you know, like I'm oh, not saying he's like, bad, not too but memorable. he was like very good in something, and I forget what it was. I think it's yeah. I think it's interesting though because Shia would he has a menace. Mm. There's something oh, yeah. about casting a guy like Zac Efron that's like you're really going with the the charming Ted. They Bundy. have to be thinking like we don't want to imply that there's anything off. Here. Well, I hear he's like a yeah. he, he was a pretty charming dude actually, Ted Bundy. Oh yeah, I think he was, and I think he was. Con- uh, I don't, not personally speaking, you but I think <laughs> people know? could consider him attractive. Okay. Uh, again, I'm not just saying. Well, there that, is that part of it with Manson, right? There's like this the charisma of these people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's part of it. So it so, seems like there's something they're they're working towards there. This podcast is brought to you by the Roadcaster Pro Podcast Production Studio, the revolutionary all-in-one podcasting solution from Rode Microphones. With its four Class A microphone inputs, eight sound pads to trigger music and effects, the ability to stream phone calls seamlessly, Bluetooth and USB connectivity for easy audio streaming, and so much more, it is truly professional podcasting made easy. Simply plug in your microphone, turn up your faders, and hit record. To get in the running to win a complete Rode podcasting setup, head to giveaway.rodecaster.com and list the eight features of the Rodecaster Pro in the same order as the Rodecaster team. This podcast is also brought to you by Blackmagic Design, 
Blackmagic Design has grown rapidly to become one of the world's leading innovators and manufacturers of creative video technology. The company's philosophy is refreshing and simple, to help true creativity blossom by allowing the highest quality video to be affordable to everyone. Its products include the world's highest quality video editing products, digital film cameras, color correctors, live production switchers, and a host of other hardware for the feature film, post-production, and television broadcast industries. The Pocket Cinema Camera 4K is Blackmagic Design's new next-generation 4K handheld camera. It comes with dual native ISO with an amazing up to 25,600 ISO for incredible light performance, a full four-thirds HDR sensor, and 13 stops of dynamic range. It also comes with both ProRes or RAW recording to internal SD, UHS-2, and CFAS cards, or even external USB-C drives, eliminating the need for expensive external recorders. So George, this being your first Sundance, we were wondering actually if you had any questions for us before the weekend really starts tomorrow on Saturday. Yeah, I do. I I think it's sort of along the lines of the festival FOMO, as Eric called it. I Sometimes I don't know where I'm supposed to be or what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, Because if I don't have something on the schedule, it's just like, well, is there something I could be exploring or experiencing or covering you know, if I don't have a screening to go to. And I've tried to get into several, uh, when I have the open space, try to go into several parties that I've, we get a lot of party invites. That's not to brag. I think a lot of people, (laughs) I think a lot of people do. Uh, And we try to RSVP to so many because these parties have heat. And sometimes they have free food, you know? So <laughs> it's a nice too, thing yeah. to go Heat as in actual physical actual, heat, not heat as in, like, fire. They have a copy of the Michael Mann <laughs> yes, film. the movie. <laughs> DVD. How many different versions gonna... of heat? Yeah. Um, so they have that. So it's good to RSVP to as many as you can, just in case you happen to be in the area and you do have free time. But, I mean, that's very – it is hard to – you do have to make yourself a very strict schedule and kind of stick to that and sometimes ignore some of the outside noise that dictates where you think you should be. Yeah, and I would say – like I wrote a, I wrote a, uh, a piece for No Film School. <laughs> a piece. <laughs> it was, it was an article. Yeah, we talked about we talked about that a lot. I'm glad you wrote it. <laughs> yeah, um, and I think I I came off more as a like a mother figure than I was trying to, but it's really something you gotta like pay attention to. So I would say uh, if you do have any downtime, honestly, like it's probably best spent by yourself <laughs> watching like, dr ruth re- yeah re- watching dr ruth or just like taking some time to sort of uh breathe in a way because you you know as you say there's so much it's so overwhelming you can find yourself just yeah literally standing on a street corner kind of freaking out about like not knowing what to do or where to yeah, go yeah i did actually get a little moment yeah today that and you I shouldn't off, you know yeah. you shouldn't do that because you have so much other shit going on that you have to remember like it's okay to take a breath and just follow your schedule. So, uh, water, lotion, those are things that I've I, I have never put lotion on and and not felt it be sticky. At, you know what? I, it's like you put it on and it's gone. We're learning a lot about George yeah, on listen, his first. Yeah. About podcast. Ted Bundy's attractiveness. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy though. It's so dry. Yeah, that mountain air. Yeah. The altitude, the altitudes. Yeah, and you can get, and that can be very tough too because we're going from like an interview to a screening, and they could be in very opposite parts of the city. Uh, So it can be difficult just to even close your eyes for a minute if you can. Yeah, yeah. Because it's tough when you're doing maybe three or even four. I know some people do four or five films in a day, and you know when that fatigue is starting to hit you. And And jet lag. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, the nice thing for me is that I don't have two children waking me up at all hours here. So I actually got an, a restful night's sleep. Nice. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was pretty intense today running. The combination of like running, walking, shuttling, Ubering, trying to figure out where the hell I was. Like I, yeah. like I, the, I, said, I said in the post I wrote, objects on the map are farther apart than they appear. Like it's very hard to gauge just like I'm walking in the middle of the snow, like where am I going? Yeah, and then yeah, I yeah. see the theater, you know. It's yeah. uh it's an adventure though. It's fun. Another one of my tips that I gave in that article was to give yourself like at least an hour to get to anything between anything. So like if I had a movie at eight thirty, which I do, uh I would like to leave home base or wherever I'm at at 7:30 to make sure that I'm there like a half hour early at least so I can get in line and get an okay spot um in the theater and also just to like not freak yourself out. The stress is no fun. Yeah, yeah. the stress is no fun. The worst is when like if a publicist reschedules an interview or has to shift something or shift a location and we're not from here, so it's kind of like let me just plug in this address on my phone and see if I can actually do that in 15 minutes. Or yeah. what do I do in this moment? So you can get a little – I've had those where I'm like, I can't make it. I can't do all these things. Yeah. Uh, but you just take it one at a time and, you know, it works out. Everything does. Yeah, I think that like especially for like having – the first time having never come before and kind of like had an idea of what Sundance is, um, I think that one of the interesting things on the ground is that everything in other festivals feels like it kind of flows out from the design of this one. Like, I feel like this is the mother of all festivals. And whatever festivals you go to, I feel like this was kind of the, it, it feels like this is the archetype. And they're kind of built around, and, it, and it's uh, massiveness, it's sprawl, and it's many venues, and like the many people, and the way it, it affects all of Park City. And it's kind of a cool thing to behold, I would say. Like, a, as a first-timer, anybody considering coming and just experiencing it if you love movies or just or you're interested in it, i think it's a really cool unique experience and hard to probably like today i was when i was speaking with the director of this movie i was almost bummed out that we only had so much time you know you're around these people and filmmakers and it's it's a cool unique we're lucky we're very lucky yeah it's a cool thing to do as you were saying it's like a very spread out uh festival but it's it's also feels very intimate and confined in a way like everything is always packed somehow even though it's so so far apart a couple other things i want to mention too now that i'm thinking about it it seems like almost everybody's got the same kind of jacket and i didn't realize this when i bought my jacket but i bought the same jacket everyone else seems to have well there's also a common (laughs) common hat wear common like there's definitely a look like (laughs) there's a sundance like and it's somewhat i would also say it's somewhere combined between like New York, L.A. aesthetic. They meet yeah. in the middle <laughs> in, in <Utah>. Park City. Yeah. <laughs> New York, it's, L.A. mountain ex- aesthetic. You it's, know, it's like something. Yeah. People who spend very little time in the mountains. I guess dressing up <laughs> for what I, they think they should wear in the mountains. The filmmakers who have films in the festival don't they get a certain jacket? Uh, they, or well, volunteers get coat. those puffy little jackets. Right. Okay. There's so a, there may be a uniform standard. There for is. Those. There is actually a volunteer puffy jacket it's different than what i feel like everybody else like picked online. canada goose is the big one i see yeah. everyone wearing those goose jackets 
Yeah, it's just it's weird. I noticed it as soon as I got on the plane in LAX. I was like, oh, these are those are the people going to SLC. Yeah. Those are the people who are just on this plane. Right. Like yeah, these yeah, are yeah. definitely you like can a, tell the real Salt Lake City uh, <laughs> residents from those who are just visiting. Yeah, they're nice. They're nice people. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it throws <laughs> me manners off are the main thing. <laughs> yeah. If you take an Uber here, like you actually talk to your driver. You know, it like throws me off a little bit. I'm not Both of you guys taking are you guys taking Ubers everywhere? What's the deal? We took no, one I'm last night with the groceries. Okay, that's I true. actually huh? took one. T- I I've been all over them, like just <laughs> trying to make it. To, I realized at one point today, like Uber isn't going to be faster because no. I got to wait for the, the car. Traffic, it's not yeah. like being in LA where there's a guy right around the corner ready to grab the fare. Like it might be a guy dropping off some skiers. Some it was weird. I saw some skiers walking around. I was like. Wow, there's yeah. also people skiing here yeah. this weekend. Yeah, and on that note, uh, another tip uh, is try and find a place if you come here that is off of the shuttle line. So we're we found a place. Weirdly, we're staying in the exact same place that we stayed two years ago. And last, we didn't book it. Ryan booked it. Our uh, our CEO founder booked it, and he didn't know that it was the same exact place. Is it the exact same apartment? It's the exact same apartment. Oh, Oh, that's weird. I was with him when we booked it, and obviously I didn't know either. Yeah, it's exactly the same. It's a fine apartment. Uh, It's got a PS2. Very cool. Um, But that being said, find a place that is close to a shuttle line um, or a shuttle stop. You'll be really happy you did because you can just jump on that shuttle and get anywhere. Um, Yeah. Any more questions, George, for uh, for us before we enter into this weekend? I can give a few more pieces of advice. So far, we're healthy. Can I only ask you guys questions on the podcast? When it's off, we can't talk anymore. We, we, we can't, can't speak. We can't I mean, I don't know if we're going to see each other at all for the next three days. So, um, Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, is there anything else I really want to know? I guess I'm just going to go down to Main Street now and see what's happening. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say try not to party too hard. Yeah, while you're on Main much, Street. George. You know, there are going to be drinks flowing. You think you're yeah, tired yeah, now? Wait until you're three, yeah. 4.0% 4. 4. <laughs> yeah, those, those, those days are behind me, luckily. Those hard beers <laughs> at 4%, you're going to be falling over. Yep. Just funny, yeah. Um, it's a good thing I wasn't here 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> still, We're still pretty healthy. Yep, st- you know we're trying to we're trying to stay healthy. Uh, we've Ryan, got emergency. We've got uh, we bought some emergency uh, stocked up on you know bring a medicine cabinet because everyone gets sick here. And then as I was saying, you know it's it's far apart. And things are spread far apart, but people get real close uh, very quick. When Ryan gets here, we'll all get whatever Ryan has. Ryan so. is sick with a hundred plus degree <laughs> fever and is coming here. <laughs> so we're all we're just you know we're in our tiny fumigating the house. <laughs> Because the risk just wasn't enough. Um, <laughs> just being at flu dance, as they call it. Oh, eat food. Jo- yeah, I remember not done to a eat good, food. The food thing is all kinds of out of whack. Like at today, at one point today, I was like, "Oh, there's donut things, and I'm starving. I'm just yeah. gonna eat those." Yeah, it's difficult because there aren't a lot of places. There aren't a little like little shops that you can just jump into to get a quick bite around here. Yeah. Those don't really exist, or they're being used for parties and exclusive activation events mm-hmm. that you're not allowed to get into. So, and what's then, an exclusive activation event? Well, you know, like like, like, a, like a brand, like, like a brand the, kind oh, of thing, okay, like sure. you know, the Chase Sapphire Lounge. Oh yeah. Check out our, yeah, I want to yeah. go to the Chase. It just Acura. sounds cool. Go see celebrities <laughs> yeah. being photographed by people. I yeah. get all the emails of all those photographs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, most, the most healthy option we have is a 7-Eleven nearby. Nearby, yeah. Uh, nearby. We have a 7-Eleven. It should be 24 hours, I believe. Yeah. Well, it's hard. To, it's also hard to eat because if you give yourself an hour between like 
anywhere to get anywhere. Where, when do you have time to eat? Yeah, you definitely can't sit down, and it's very cold outside, so you have to think on your feet. And... I walked by a Burger King. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That one, that one, I actually use as like one of my points of reference when I'm trying to figure out how to get back to the condo or get to yeah. the Ray. I'm that like, yeah, Burger King the is there. The Seven Eleven and the Burger King yes. are useful landmarks. Exactly. One thing that you can do uh, to prepare is go to a grocery store and stock up on like deli meats and breakfast bars and what else did we get? Uh, Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its and double Snacks. shot espresso drinks. Beer. Beer. So we got LaCroix. LaCroix. <laughs> we couldn't find the LaCroix, and we got seltzer water, and then I noticed as we were loading into the pickup, the Uber, that we had the LaCroix, and I think I said something like, oh, grab the LaCroix, and the driver said, oh, you guys must be filmmakers with the LaCroix. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> he, to bring that up, he couldn't stop saying that. Yeah. I, he kept saying it, and it was starting to annoy me, you know? Always, I guess they don't drink LaCroix in Utah. I know. He, he, he kept saying, oh, I guess I can't turn left. And, oh, I guess you filmmakers drink LaCroix. And I was maybe like, he just really wanted one. Maybe. I, maybe. <laughs> it's another one of those things. That's Who does like, it? It's like that. It's like that where Brooklyn meets Silver Lake in Salt Lake is yeah, the yeah. Uh, is the just abundance of LaCroix. Like, as soon as you can get your hands on it. We should be spo- We should work out a sponsorship with LaCroix. Oh, yeah. they're, they're looking for podcasts like this, I yeah. think. <laughs> so, George, I am also going to bring up that you did do one mistake that I had listed on my my piece so to speak and that was number two high up there avoid screenings in salt lake city yes i know and you actually told me that you guys have been beating that drum ever since our first calls about sundance and i you know the the reason it happened is i don't know the names of the theaters so i just see the movie i want to see and you just like select it and then when i got here and i was looking at the calendar and last night i said to you like oh i got a salt lake city and you both looked at me and you're like no, you don't. You're not. <laughs> yeah, it's too far. And I was like, okay, time. fine with me. Like, well, the whole selection process is very difficult and stressful. Uh, to your credit, oh, so man. that was scary. It was like uh, being under the gun. Like they've got that big timer up. Yeah, and you're like, and, and you're updating your cart and you're scanning and you're r- jotting down what your stuff's gonna be each day. I was yeah. like sweating and, and bullets. They really psych you out by giving you like a 15 page PDF of how <laughs> to order tickets. That's so the, by that point, you were so freaked out that you're going to do something wrong. And that was one of my my first questions to John about it was I said like, so is this like complicated PDF something for people who don't know how to buy something online? Because it really was like a step-by-step, like log into your computer, like (laughs) boot up your system, open Safari or your web browser. And I think I said kind of. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you did. Because it's not, it is pretty intense. Uh, It's intense, but it's also intuitive. I mean, it's not like if if you've used a computer before to buy something, you can probably navigate it but they put that time the timer stressed me out like i was i was down to my 30 seconds like watching oh, really? tick you, down were you still making decisions yeah because i was uh, trying to fit because i i spent so much time trying to figure out where things were because i was really worried about of course i screwed that up anyway <laughs> but like i was i was really conscious of like where are the places i'm am i going to be able to get from one to the other what i didn't realize was that if you don't get something it's not the end of the world because you can speak to the pr people and maybe get in anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. The other thing I didn't realize, and Ryan pointed this out to me, was that you can actually start talking to them about, this is not useful to people who aren't press, but you can start talking about interviews before you figure out the film. So you can say, I really want to interview so-and-so, I want to see the film, they'll get you a ticket. So those 10 tickets, or a screener, or a link. So I think some of the stress for me was over the top, but live and learn. 
Well, I think with that, we should probably wrap it up because we got to get to go see some more movies. Um, but I will just say, uh, if you do go to festivals, try and prioritize the movies that like don't have distribution yet. Try and go see some weird shit. Um, we're about to probably go see some weird shit right now. Oh, definitely. Uh, and uh, I saw some weird shit in the living room when you were watching Doctor Ruth. Yeah. Well, <laughs> wait, hey, you weren't supposed to be in there. Yeah, I warned you guys. I saw to you stay hiding out. behind the couch. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so, you know, until Thursday, um, you'll hear more about our crazy experiences at Sundance. Um, like what kind of soup I'm going to eat tonight, maybe. Yeah. Do you think we will all make it without getting sick? I don't think so. No, okay. I'm pretty, well, I don't want to jinx myself. I'm pretty sturdy. I've been exposed to, like, every germ on the planet Mm. from kids. Mm. So I I think I'm in a good place, but, you know. So... Yeah, this is kind of cool because our listeners will now be able to hear. You're going to tune back in to find out what happened. Actually, they uh, should place bets. We should do like an odds thing. Okay. Especially with Ryan coming. We're all going to be. I think we're going to be sick. Yeah. (laughs) Together. How sweet. I'd so, like of the two. There's two soups also. So yes. Well, well I'm having one soup now. <laughs> uh, we're down <laughs> so to one can one of soup, soup everybody. <laughs> All right, guys. So until uh, Thursday, we'll see you uh, then. Always remember to subscribe to the No Film School podcast on whatever podcast platform you use. Uh, if you like us, give us a rating. If you don't, also give us a rating, and we'll try and improve. Uh, no promises. Um, okay. Good night. <laughs> Anything you guys want to say to our lovely people? Thank you so much for listening, and uh, I can't wait for the death of Dick Long, my most anticipated (laughs) film of 2019. God damn it, Eric. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Thank you for listening. (laughs) We're already a little crazy. (laughs) Wait till Thursday. Bye. Bye.